1: Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. I always like to welcome you to our shows with something interesting. And let me tell you something. If you thought that an iPhone was expensive, well, you better start saving now because... Next year's iPhone 15 is going to have three pricing models. That's right, not just two. The iPhone 15 Pro and the iPhone 15 Pro Max. And wait for it, there's going to be an even more expensive one, the iPhone 15 Pro Ultra. And remember when the world freaked out when there was no headphone jack on the iPhone 7 back in 2016, calling it the worst possible mistake that Apple has ever made? Well, get this, the iPhone 15 Ultra is not going to have any ports, nothing. No way to charge it by plugging it in. You're gonna charge it wirelessly. Now the price, uh, considering the most expensive iPhone you can buy right now is the iPhone Pro Max. That's, yes, 1600 bucks. You can expect the iPhone 15 Pro Ultra to be around $2,000. Wow, for a phone. Hey, did you hear about the guy who's been stealing iPhones all over town? He's uh, gonna have to FaceTime soon. Oh, yes. I just cracked myself up. Hey, listen, I'm America's beloved digital goddess, Kim Commando, here with you. And you're about ready to get more tech smarts because every single thing is now a tech thing. And if you're a brand new listener to our show and podcast, we are welcoming you. And we're so glad to have you with us. And if you're a regular listener, hey, welcome back. Now, you can find my award-winning national radio show on over 425 top stations from coast to coast. And we're streaming in your favorite radio app. And you can find us, of course, streaming as a webcast, as a podcast, 24-7, three months of archives over at GetKim.com. Once again, that's GetKim.com. And a special thank you goes out to all of our listeners on the American Forces Network radio, serving more than 375,000 American servicemen and women in 175 countries and 200 ships at sea. Hey, listen, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And if you're just too shy to give me a call, you can always drop me. Your questions over on the website. Hit commando.com. and in the upper right hand corner there's a link that says email Keb. All right every single day I visit at least 30 different websites and I talk to industry insiders to make sure that I'm up to date on all things digital and this is part of the show where I like to talk about the big tech news and let me tell you everybody's talking about chat GPT. We're going to talk more about that in a second but let's go back to 2010. That's when Google tossed Yahoo out of the top spot for the world's most visited website, and it's held that spot, are you ready for it, 12 years. That's right. Until now, Microsoft Bing was just a joke. I mean, it was so bad at Bing that Microsoft was paying people in uh, gift cards in order to use it. Well, here's some numbers for you. Google has 84% of the search engine market share. Bing has, mm, ready to guess, 8%. And that's changing because Bing is rolling out ChatGPT fully in its search site. And some of the features launched this past week, uh, like, for example, a quick answer from ChatGPT over on Bing will give you more things. So if you want to plan a dinner party for six, for example, it's not just going to give you the recipes. It's going to make the shopping list for you, uh, say how you should prepare it. How you should serve it. Here are some plates. If you want to, if you want to, like for example, a five-day trip to Seattle, is that it's going to tell you here are the things that you want to do. Would you like us to buy the tickets? Oh, by the way, here are some great hotel deals and here are the flights that I think you're really going to love. So Google better be prepared because here's the deal: Bing is coming at them full speed. I mean, try Microsoft Bing. Right? You might like it. Wow. That's something I thought I'd never, ever say. Okay. Uh, number two, what is a bard anyway? A B A R D. What is a bard? So, Microsoft has invested about $10 billion in OpenAI, the creators of ChatGPT. And so, Google is saying, oh, wow, we are like totally freaking out. I mean, they brought back the big guys from retirement in order to come down and say, how are we going to compete against Microsoft? So, this past week, during a live in Paris event that they call it Google, demoed their newly announced BARD AI, its own version of ChatGPT. The result? Horrible. Devastating. BARD tries to answer this question, what new discoveries from the James Webb Space Teleso- Telescope can I tell my nine-year-old about? The answer, took the fir- very first pictures of a planet outside our solar system. Okay, that's not true. That big mistake led to a $100 billion plunge, wow, in Google stock value, $100 billion, jeez. So what's a bard anyway? ChatGBT says, it's a poet or singer in medieval Europe, uh, charismatic performers, sometimes possessing magical abilities. Well, if Google keeps this up, they're going to go from bard to verse. Uh, Number three, it's all in the data. Do you do any shopping online? Do you ever wonder if maybe because you live in a ritzy zip code that you see more prices, or if you live in a poor area, you don't see the expensive goods on a website? One in three Americans know it's legal for an online store to charge different prices based on the user's location, and a lot of times they do that. Well, there's a way to fight that. Use a VPN. Uh, Here's another fun fact. Less than one in three people in the U.S. know that flight ticket sites don't have to display the lowest-priced flight. Don't have to do that. So the easy way around that is you want to use Google Flights. Uh, Number four on our list is watch out for the fakers. So you spot your dream job online and it ticks all the boxes. A 30% pay hike, unlimited vacation, a massage every week. Except at Google where they recently fired 200 corporate masseuses. That's right. Hey, I want you to be on the lookout because online recruitment scams are on the rise. Some red flags to look at. They ask for application fees. They want your social security number right off the bat. Uh, So just make sure that whatever job you're applying for online, that you are smart and you just don't fall for it because it might be a scam. And finally, this coming in at number five, Apple's crash and fall detection is a life-saving feature. Just this past week, a motorcyclist fell down a 50-foot cliff. His Apple Watch sent an alert to local safety crews, and now he's expected to make a full recovery. Imagine if he hadn't been wearing it. But the problem is is that fire departments and first responders everywhere are tired of 911 misdials. Like for example, a lot of people are skiing this time of year, and if they fall, their Apple Watch says, "Oh my gosh, this must be a really bad fall," and so they call 911 and then give them the latitude or longitude where that skier is located. So, here's the deal. What's going to be happening? Well, if I were to look at my crystal ball, Whole big crystal ball and say, right now Apple is depending upon local emergency services to take care of all this. Someday they're going to get tired of this, and we're going to have to like uh, have a subscription to maybe using this feature, like an OnStar subscription. And with all these Apple Watch owners, let me tell you, they are all just really pressed for time. Hmm. All right. When you hey, that wasn't bad. It was okay. All right, coming up in our digital privacy tips, some tech that you shouldn't buy anymore because it's being discontinued. And then later on, we have some tips on how to make your PC or Mac start faster. And we have all of your fantastic phone calls on the Kim Commando Today podcast. All right, I have to tell you guys and gals, I read the most fascinating story this past week. It's called, What to Know About Cell Phone Radiation. I was like, ah, we gotta get this guy on the show. He needs to tell us about all his research. So joining us right now is Peter Elkind. He is an award winning investigative reporter and the author of What to Know About Cell Phone Radiation at ProPublica. All right, let's just face it. You do everything on your smartphone. It's your all-around Swiss Army knife device, and you're addicted to it. But when you're using it, is your health actually at risk? Now, we do know that smartphones emit these low levels of non-ionizing radiation in pretty much the form of radiofrequency radiation, that's RF. And the WHO says, well, it could, this is their quote, possibly be carcinogenic to humans. Hmm. But they say that the levels of RF emitted are generally low, and the FCC and the U.S. and then some other organizations are saying, well, you know, we don't need to really worry about this. And it's easy to jump to all these conspiracy theories, especially if you search for cell phone radiation on the web. Who knows what exactly you're going to be finding. So ProPublica recently examined the issue in detail, and they they found that the chief government regulator, talking about the Federal Communications Commission. This is a big government organization. Believe it or not, they are relying on exposure standards from, are you ready for it? 1996. Okay, I want everybody who's listening, watching right now, think about where were you in 1996? What exactly were you doing? Okay. And then now think where we are today in 2023. Okay. The phone at that time was the Motorola StarTAC flip phone. It was cutting edge. I had one. It was pink. Oh, I loved that thing. So to talk about all this research is Peter Elkind. Uh, He's an award-winning investigative reporter for ProPublica, and he's the author of What to Know About Cell Phone Radiation. So, uh, Peter, thanks for being here and making some time for us. And let's just start at the beginning so we're all on the same page. Sure. What exactly is cell phone radiation? I mean, how do you define that?
0: Um, it's a very low level form of radiation. It's not like the radiation you get when you get an, an X ray or when you're when the techs will be shielding themselves with um, with vests and leaving the room so you don't ex- get exposed. It makes you
1: feel good, doesn't it, Peter? It's like they put on the vest, and meanwhile you're like, "Oh yeah, just take a picture. Everything's
0: fine, right?" Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> But they don't want to be anywhere near you. That's right. It, it's not. It's not like that. Uh, it's a it's a much lower form of radiation, and the effects are 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 much less clear.
1: What shocked you the most about this this research? I mean, for years I've told people, and I I really think that, and I and I do get notes back and people on social they'll tweet out or whatever say, you know, Kim Commando, you don't know what you're talking about, but where I tell people, you know, don't put your phone in your front pocket, right? Uh, I was climbing Camelback Mountain in Phoenix, and I saw a young woman with her smartphone in her sports bra, mm. and I actually stopped her, and I said, you don't know me, and I don't know you, but if you notice, I don't have mine in my sports bra, and you shouldn't either, right? Uh, and I've told told women that my niece, when she was pregnant, and she was wearing a fanny pack with her smartphone <laughs> on her waist, I'm like, probably a bad idea, right? So – what, what exactly does the research say?
0: You've been giving very good advice, Kim. It's, it's wise oh, to take that precaution. You. There's no need to keep it, store it in that way, keep it close to your body. Um, what struck me as I started to work on this and I dove into it pretty deeply and had not before is that while well, it, it's easy to dismiss and it's readily dismissed and often dismissed by the wireless companies, and a lot of people, and, and there are conspiracy theories around it, to be sure. Um, there's also some very serious science that says it's a concern, a real concern. The, um, there's research at the Cleveland Clinic, obviously a respected institution that says it can cause sure. sperm damage, fertility damage for men. Uh, they're, the head of the, the OB-GYN department at Yale did animal studies and found uh, evidence and believes that it causes hyperactivity uh, in children who are exposed to radiation in the womb, and um, the American Academy of Pediatrics wants the FCC to update its regulations because it doesn't think they're properly protective of children who have thinner skulls that are potentially more affected oh, by That's a good point. Patients.
1: Yeah. Does it cause cancer?
0: Well, that's the multi-billion dollar question, and, and that's unclear. Um, that's subject to debate. The debate. The best, the strongest evidence... Concern uh, was a a very, very extensive multi million dollar decade plus long study conducted by the National Toxicology Program, uh, US program, which is how we test toxic substances. And they did a massive study of rats and mice. And they found after the study that there was clear evidence that wireless radiation had caused rare tumors in some of the animals as well as DNA damage. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a a very dramatic event and um but at the same time it was also rejected as governing by both the fcc and the fda um, who said it wasn't clearly applicable to humans well that is the way we test toxic substances and I, i mean i think the clear takeaway is that yeah maybe there's a risk and it should be taken seriously
1: you know so often we've had things that have happened in our society. I'm talking about, you know, in the 50s, women were taking drugs to ease pregnancy symptoms. And then we find out, you know, later on. Um, A good friend of mine uh, for quite a while was uh, a big time, I don't want to give his name, big time neurosurgeon. And he's hence retired. And this goes back probably, gosh, probably Fifteen years ago, and I was a Boy Scout leader, yeah, among my other talents. I was a Boy Scout leader. For some reason, I got armed into this. And I was on the phone, and I had the phone up to my head. And he took me off to the side. He said, never do that. Never. And I looked, and I said, you know, why? And he said, we are seeing so many more tumors on the right side of people's heads because that's where they're holding their phones. And ever since then, I, I I won't put the phone up to my ear. I was having it on speaker. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, when do you – I guess before I, I get to the precautions, because I'm really interested about this, that the governing board didn't say anything. When are we going to have some definitive research? And if we're not using, you know, uh, lab rats, which we use on a regular basis, I mean, how do we get to a place where it's like, yes, it is safe or it's not
0: safe? Well, it's, it's a really hard subject to study um, because you can't put humans in a contained environment um, and you can't subject them to radiation the way you can animals in a contained environment. And if you're doing epidemiological studies where you're relying on their kind of experience, you're relying on uncertain evidence that they're providing. Um, plus, there's wireless radiation throughout the environment now. And it's hard to isolate Environmental effects from the effects from a phone that you're holding close to your head, so that's that's tricky. Um, uh, but 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 as you say, there there is also medical evidence, scientific studies that say there is a correlation between tumors and where you hold your hold your phone and up to your head, which side of the head you hold your where you hold your phone. That's again hotly debated evidence, and that the most hotly debated subject in the world in this in this area is whether. This radiation causes cancer because that's there's so much at stake for that.
1: Okay, now Peter, we need to take a quick break. I don't often do this, but your research is so important, affects all of us. And after the break, we're gonna get more into what we can do about cell phone radiation and how do we protect ourselves and our family. And this is really important information, folks, that you're going to want to pass along to your family members and friends. So just hang on. We're going to talk to Peter more again after the break. And then still to come, we have a list of all the tech that you shouldn't buy anymore because it's discontinued. And of course, we have more of your phone calls on the Kim Commando Today podcast. Alrighty righty, then if you're just tuning in, I've been talking to Peter Elkind, fascinating guy. He's an award-winning investigative reporter and over on ProPublica he wrote a piece called What to Know About Cell Phone Radiation. Now, we've been talking about a story and I asked him to hang on through the break because, let me tell you, this is just such an important topic. Yeah, you know, Peter, were you able to find any studies that came out of Europe? I'm thinking like Sweden, you know, they always seem to be on the forefront of all of this type of harmful radiation and studies, and were you
0: able to find anything yes. in that
1: part of the world?
0: Yes, no, that's a very good question, and it's exactly on point. Uh, in fact, the, the most the strongest studies on um, uh, linking uh, phone use um, to cancer, um, and brain cancer in particular, came out of Sweden, and there's some scientists, a scientist group there that have done a lot of work. And that was actually the, uh, a significant part of the basis for the World Health Organization finding that you cited at the top of the show, um, saying that that wireless radiation is possibly carcinogenic. And as a result of all this, Europe has a very different approach to dealing with this problem than the US, where US agencies have been very dismissive of it and might discuss safety measures you can take. They make a point first of saying, we don't think these are necessary, almost literally. That's almost verbatim what the FCC and FDA say. Whereas in Europe, many countries and many regulatory agencies urge precautionary measures, which are very simple.
1: Wasn't there also a a movement, I believe in San Francisco, where there was a push to put how much radiation was being put out by each phone? Was that in San Francisco?
0: Yes, that's exactly right. And there was a a similar effort in Berkeley. It was a, a measure that was passed by the city council there Um, And in both cases, they met fierce resistance from the wireless industry. In the case of San Francisco, the wireless industry basically – and by the way, the the measure was providing – wanting to provide consumers with much more visible, detailed information about how much radiation each phone emits and whether some emit less than others, and presumably then are somewhat less risky. And um, the wireless industry responded by – saying it was going to move its entire industry conference from San Francisco, and in fact did so um, as a consequence. San Francisco ultimately backed down. Berkeley, um, in Berkeley, there was actually a a litigation that went on for years. And ultimately, it went to the Supreme Court at one point. The wireless industry was fighting fiercely and the city of Berkeley eventually backed down. Again, it was merely seeking to alert people to precautions they could take to what could be done. It was sort of consumer awareness stuff. It wasn't saying don't buy a cell phone.
1: Are there, are there certain phones that you ran across in your research that emit more radiation than others? I mean, I know we're talking about a Motorola StarTAC back in 1996, and certainly we've gone, uh, you know, we've jumped through many hoops until then. But did you find, is it a Samsung? Is it an iPhone? Is it a Huawei or OnePlus? Or is there yes. anything that, that is definitive?
0: No. We we are way past the Motorola flip phone, no question about it. iPhones have been invented since that standard was first established, and is, and remains in place. There are phones that emit more and less radiation. I don't, I can't say off the top of my head which ones they are. I will tell you also that the FCC view and the industry view is that all of these phones are well below the standards that the FCC has. And so they're all safe, even if some have more radiation than others. Oh. A significant part of the FCC standard is that it only takes into account what, what are called thermal effects, heating effects, from uh, you know heating the way a microwave oven can heat you and, and burn you. It doesn't at all take into consideration biologic effects. And that's where the research that's taken place, which you know, raises concern about this, where it focuses, that there's been all sorts of biological stuff, effects that have been, Found but not studied enough.
1: All right, let's talk about precautions. You go first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you you started, which is um, you shouldn't keep a phone uh, in your running bra if you're a woman. Um, you shouldn't keep it close to your body. Distance is your friend with any kind of wear radiation, and even keeping it a, a few inches, a few feet away from your head, away from your body is a very good thing and, and makes all the difference in the world. The precautions that the Europeans advocate, many countries. Um, Are very much along those lines. So, for example, when you're talking on the phone, it's much better to use a wired headset than to have it pressed against your ear. It's much better to keep it in a bag, perhaps away from you, as opposed to right next to your body in your pocket. And then another consideration is if there's a weak signal, as when you're uh, in a car, for example, and you have very few bars, which we all see on our phones, it's a bad time to be using the phone anywhere close to you because your phone will emit more radiation than in trying to connect with the wireless tower.
1: One final thought, based on all this that you wrote about, which is fascinating, everybody, you need to read this report over at ProPublica. How long do you think it'll be, Peter, until we get something like the Swedish government has put together here in the United States, or ever, because think of how much money the wireless carriers and how much control
0: they have, right? Well, it's, it's Swedish researchers. Actually, the Swedish government hasn't embraced the the research that's been done there, even but oh, they I, haven't. Oh. No, no, it's it's private. It's medical researchers and um, scientists there uh, who have been working on this for years, and and there are there's there's many studies in many other countries that are looking into all sorts of possible effects of wireless radiation. There's been a lot less of it done in the U.S. We haven't funded very much research. The big project we did, as I mentioned, was this rat my study by the National Toxicology Program it was a huge project, and the wireless industry pretty much dismissed the results so there's a lot more work for us to do to to really determine with with much greater certainty what the risk is how great the risk is but the folks that know a lot about this the people that for example a woman who ran the national toxicology program during this period says we know enough now to take precautions and to advocate precautions and that's what she believes that the government should be doing should be urging people in abundance of caution because there is indications that there could well be risk to take simple measures to protect themselves. That we know enough, it's not black and white, it won't be black and white maybe for many years, but we do know enough to to take reasonable steps to protect ourselves.
1: You know, Peter, I'm so glad that you spent time with us. Um, This is great stuff that everybody needs to know and everybody needs to share with their family members and friends. And I, I really appreciate what you wrote. I mean, it's, again, it's over at ProPublica, folks. It's called What to Know About Cell Phone Radiation. Uh, once again, Peter, thanks for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. Appreciate
1: it. It's time now for a great tip about your security and privacy. And this week it's brought to us by Total A V. When you start looking at tech, we are starting to see more words thrown around like EOL. What is EOL? end of life. That means that it's just, you can't use it anymore. It's done. It's not going to have any more security updates. I mean, it may still work, but you shouldn't be using it. Then there's also another one called EOSL. That's the end of service life. And support maybe, it comes in several forms, but maybe you're not going to get any more software updates, any patches, Uh, no more spare parts, that's for sure. So as a general rule, connected devices or apps that haven't had an update for at least 9 months, 12 months. You just should not be using them because the hackers and the scammers know all the holes to get into it. So let's look at some products that you shouldn't be using, and if you see them on sale, you shouldn't be buying. Number one, a first-generation Amazon Echo. I know it may still work. I have one in my garage, unplugged. Uh, This one was put out about 10 years ago. And by the way, you can get the latest fifth-generation Echo Dot. Super cheap, 40 bucks, maybe even less on sale. Number two is the Google Nest Hello. That was Google's first video doorbell. It's vulnerable to a hack that disables its recording capabilities. Next on our list are some old routers. And these are the ones that use an older security standard like WPA2. Mm, don't want to use that. Uh, how about some old iPhones? Well, you know, it's, it's a long list, let me tell you. <laughs> it's a... Uh, Basically, don't get any iPhone that predates the iPhone 8. Uh, Next on our list are old Android phones. We're talking about some older Samsung Galaxies, the Fold, the Z, the flip phones. Uh, Next on our list, we have the Facebook Meta Portal. That's coming in at number six. Number seven, the Oculus Quest, these old ones. Uh, The Google Stadia, which is the gaming platform. 3G phones are officially dead and this is a big one. Uh, Windows 10. And here's them going, "What? Did she say Windows 10?" Yeah. As of the end of January, you could no longer purchase Windows 10 from Microsoft. Now, here's the deal. Windows 10 will remain supported with security updates they say until October 14, 2025. But the bottom line here is that if you're looking at a new Windows-based PC, Just make sure that it comes with Windows 11. Hey, speaking of your computer still to come, we have some insider secrets to make that PC or Mac start up a heck of a lot faster. And you definitely won't want to miss that here on the Kim Commando Today podcast.
0: Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.
1: All right, before we go back to all your phone calls, let's talk about your iPhone and turning it into a pro camera. I mean, if you use the wrong camera settings, well, things don't always look all that great. But high-quality video requires a lot of data, and it's difficult to send over text messages, emails, or even upload wirelessly. So Apple does something that you may not be aware of. It automatically makes your videos a lower-quality format. What did you say? That's right. With the iPhone 13 or higher, what you need to do is go into your iOS settings, and then under the Settings, tap Camera and Formats. Or you can just search for something that's called Apple ProRes. Again, that's Apple ProRes. ProRes is one word, by the way, and you want you to turn that on. Now, once you want to shoot a video, you have to manually turn on ProRes all the time. I mean, it's just kind of a nutso thing. So, again, if you're shooting a really important video and you want the highest quality format on your iPhone 13 or higher, just make sure that you turn on Apple ProRes. All right, back to the phones we go with Dennis in Burlington, Iowa. Hi, Dennis.
0: Hey, Kim, how are you? It's a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for taking my call.
1: Glad to have you on board. You betcha. What's going on?
0: Well, um, I was talking with my niece about the fact that you had mentioned you need a VPN. And she asked the question, she goes, well, if you have a VPN, if you send emails, are they secure, encrypted? And I said, I don't know, but I know who to ask, which is you. (laughs) So, <laughs> so,
1: and here you are. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad that you called.
0: Yeah, I never expected. Well, uh, to be, I never expected to be on your show. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of yours.
1: Oh, you're sweet, Dennis. Yeah. Um, well, here's the deal. Is that a VPN, so that everybody knows what a VPN does. I know that yeah. you do, yeah. and there's probably some going like, what was that that those two guys you are talking about? Okay, a yeah. uh, VPN can encrypt, what it does, encrypt your internet traffic. Mm-hmm. And so that as you are going out on the internet and doing stuff, is that somebody can't poke in and maybe get your uh, banking password and stuff like that. Right. But the answer is no, it does not encrypt your emails. The, the encryption of the email depends on the email service that you're using, and then how how you are actually has it how you, how you actually have it all configured. So, sure. um, email services like Gmail and Outlook they have encryption built in. But keep in mind that sometimes the content of the email is going to be stored sometimes unencrypted on maybe a, a file server or something like that sure. if you're using it say in a business environment. But if you want truly truly end to end encryption. Uh, then you want to use an encrypted email service, and that's going to cost you anywhere between ten and fifteen bucks a month. And Proton Mail, I've used with success. It's really simple to use. Uh, and then there's another one called Tut and Oda. Tut and Oda. Uh-huh. Don't know where that came from. Don't know what it means. Um, but the but as I mentioned, there's uh, Proton Mail, and they use encryption in both transit and when it's actually sitting on a server. So now you can go back to your knees. And tell her, you know, honey, you're so smart, uncle, did tremendous amounts of research. (laughs) And here's what I found. And then she'll say, oh, Uncle Dennis, you are so smart. And you're like, yeah, I know. I know. So I can just be like your secret little weapon in the background, I think.
0: Well, actually, I will tell her that I asked you about it and you gave me the answer.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right. I was just giving you the option there, Dennis, to be like, you could be like the hero of the day. So um, thanks for your call. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for all your kind words. It's always great to hear from a longtime listener. So how do you know if an email is encrypted? Well, a couple of ways. You can always check the email headers. Now, this is a little bit techie, but you open your email headers. And if it shows content transfer encoding 7-bit, that means it's unencrypted. If it shows content transfer encoding base 64, that means that the email is encrypted. And you can also use an encryption tool. Like what are some? Well, PGP, right? Pretty good privacy comes to mind also. S Mime, that's secure multi-purpose internet mail extensions. Ooh. Just use PGP, because it's really simple to do. Hey, by the way, if you're not already following us on social media, what are you waiting for, right? head over to twitter.com slash Kim Commando, facebook.com slash Kim Commando, instagram.com slash Kim Commando. Now, here's an insider secret. I'm going to talk more about this later on the show today. But if you go to twitter.com slash Kim Commando, I have my profile locked. Okay. And I also have my account locked on Instagram. So if you want to follow me, you actually have to come out and make a request. And then I review every single one myself. As a matter of fact, this past week, there was a scammer trying to get through, and I looked at it. it says Angelique Jolie wants to follow you. I'm like, oh, Angelique Jolie wants to follow me, Kim Commando on Twitter. Well, I looked at it. It was Angelique Jolie. Well, it was her picture, and uh, they only had uh, two two people that they followed and uh, two tweets out, which was like a total bogus account. But fortunately, they didn't have the blue check mark on Twitter, right? Because that would have Maybe uh, scammed a whole bunch of people. Hey, before we talk about starting your PC or Mac faster, just an insider scoop here is that we are working really hard to redevelop our newsletters. And so if you haven't already, make sure that you sign up for our tips newsletter. This comes out every single day. Head over to commando.com slash get free tips. Once again, that's commando.com slash get free tips. Alrighty, here's the deal, your computer shouldn't take more than just a few minutes to start. If you're sitting there waiting, well, here's the fix to stop programs from using precious system memory and resources. And Let's start with Windows. Well, Windows has a really nifty setting called Fast Startup. Now, think of it as a scaled down hibernation mode. And you'll find the setting under Power Options. Next, get rid of anything you don't need to run when you actually start your PC. I'm talking about all those apps and programs that just slow your system down when it's starting up. So what you need to do here is you open the startup folder under settings, and then you turn off anything that you don't want to open at the startup. Makes sense, right? Well, now for our Mac friends. Well, basically the same steps. You definitely want to stop programs and apps from starting up when your Mac does too. Now, the easiest way to do this on your Mac is take a look at the dock. It's on the bottom right. It's on the bottom of your screen, rather. And then I want you to click on programs. Now, under options, it's really simple. Just remove the check mark next to open it, login, and that's all there is to it. Now, if you need these steps to help you out, just head over to commando.com. That's the official website, by the way. And just search for Make My PC or Mac Startup Faster. And listen, tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show and the Kim Commando Today podcast because everyone needs more tech smarts and knowledge is power.